why I think that the bus strike is wrong while bus drivers do have the right to strike but they're wrong for striking so there's a big push towards public transport in South Africa and I I'm of the opinion that this push is being undermined by the bus strike at the same time the bus strike is also highlighting some labor issues inside the public transportation space but there are also some conceptual regulatory issues that we need to discuss or reflect on in the public transport space so I'm going to keep this under three minutes so bus operators at the moment serve the public a public good and this is mobility and access and they should not be in a position where they need to where they need to protest at the same time unions and drivers should not take advantage of the essential nature of their services as well so what unions in this sector recognize is that access and mobility are essential services but it should not be the case that commuters are used the same commuters who are buying tickets and who pay taxes they should not be used as instruments in their battle for fair pay. And now fairness is also a difficult issue. But commuters, like operators, are experiencing the same tax hike as everybody else. Everyone's going through the same increase in general cost of living and greater access to, uh, to debt. But the taxes that commuters are paying, the same commuters that are experiencing these delays... The same taxes that they're paying are the ones that are used to support these transportation businesses directly or indirectly. And this is coming through subsidies. Now, the fact that commuters in South Africa are not protected from the exceptionally unfair and unjust decisions by subsidized corporate entities in the public passenger transport market makes us extremely Vulnerable. No public transport user in South Africa should have to spend more than 10% of their income in transit. But during this bus strike, waiting times and daily travel times have increased significantly. And not only do the lowest income households exceed this threshold, but the hours spent by household traveling are also higher and thus make the trip extremely more expensive, even if it's just five days. Now, these bus companies depend on government subsidies, but and they should not be in a position where they strike because the people who carry their costs in terms of missing revenue are the taxpayers who will subsidize the, the below-profit service. So... This is the follow-up on the discussion on, um, on the bus strike. And I've just got some questions now. So the last thing in the previous segment was where um, I ended up just highlighting that bus companies that depend on government subsidies should not be in a position to strike because who carries the costs of the days without revenue? I mean, if you... Most businesses... Uh, make uh, let's say if you're making 10% profit and you work for 30 days that means the 10 days that you're operating are the 10 days where you actually make your profit more or less I mean it's just an aggregate but um, now if you're missing five days or you're missing five, six days or you're missing three days who's and you're not making a decent profit as a bus company and you depend on subsidies who will subsidize the profitless operations who will bear the subsidy bills? 
the same taxpayer standing in line waiting for the taxi to pay to fill the same taxpayer that is basically in a position of disadvantage and it is unfair to not subsidize or significantly support the minibus taxi industry and the passenger rail space while desperately needing them to support one of the segments if one market fails at the same time it's also not fair that car users who are willing to participate in relieving the traffic strain and actually relaxing the system cannot even absorb commuters through a secure identifiable platform that will enable people to just circulate each other decently and i mean i'm talking about this even from a rural areas from a rural area point of view where you do need secure hiking uh, type of services or what people call carpool carpooling you know it's also a type of hitching rides and and ho- sort of hailing, hailing services without charging or without having the whoever's using the service pay for that um but the what what really worries me is that we're not ready for this type of type of strike this is the wrong kind of strike in in the bus industry space although labor the labor labor relations act suggests that it's okay and you you will not get paid um for the days that that you don't work but at the same time think about think about the fact that some of these companies have not been making money and we're still subsidizing them why would laborers why would the unions convince the teams to not negotiate further to not account for the commuter costs of their the commuter costs or the cost that the commuters are going to incur from their behavior how is that fair it's not it's not fair at all it's a wrong strike so my last point in the bus strike issue with regard to the bus strike issue is that the cumulative effects of what is going to be happening is multi multifaceted so the the most immediate side is how commuters who traditionally would use bus or who used to choose between buses and taxis and so on um might actually start reacting to stockouts and what uh, what stockouts mean is a situation where a certain attribute in the service or a certain uh or a certain mode of transport or 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 a certain characteristic of that service the, of a service does not exist and people react to that in a certain kind of way so some people would immediately choose to start traveling with their with their colleague on a daily basis from here on out others might choose to use taxis only from here on out even when the bus systems are back others might feel that but might start appreciating buses um even more and and using them a lot more um at the same time there is also a potential uh, there's also a possibility that people who 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 could afford and who can afford and who might afford in the medium term to buy a car might actually choose to buy a car because of the bad experience that they've had with one bus strike where services are completely out for a significant period of time and what that implies is that then the drive or the push towards public transport is being undermined uh in terms of long-term patronage um by this particular kind of 
by this kind of protest action. At the same time, from an operator's perspective or from a business case perspective, um, there are avenues that can be used in order to enable unions and bus operators and the bus companies to get to a point or the labor market to get to the point where they can set up a longer term non-tapered agreement but it tapers in real terms it's nominally constant but it tapers in real terms and what that does is it enables the existing driver to have a capital fund where they're saving substantial amount of money in that particular year and that money resurfaces again in the following year but it's because we actually close off access to their increase. So instead of giving them a 12% increase, you can give them a 15% increase, but it's fixed for the next six to five, six to eight years, or depending on their contracts. And then it will taper in, in, uh, in real terms, although nominally it will look flat. Okay, so welcome back. And I'm busy trying to reflect on the bus strike uh, and my position, I, I just haven't had chance to to write everything that, that I'm talking about at the moment. Um, but I want to make a more formal submission and not not put up a blog on the subject per se. Uh, but but the proposals are public and it's free information, free free knowledge. So basically, the first section of the of the of the episode, I try to sort of talk about how I was basically questioning whether it is fair for commuters who are subsidizing these bus companies to endure the pain uh, of improper labor market economic planning and forecasting. So is it fair that the average South African commuter is basically paying for the bus to strike um, and they're at the same time enduring the costs of the bus striking or the unavailability of effective mobility and access outside of their outside of their normal uh, mobility and access. The second component, uh, my focus was on trying to trying to ask the question about who's basically going to cover who's basically going to cover the days without revenue, and obviously that that's going to be the compu- the commuters and the average taxpayer. And the last thing um, I highlighted. In, the third section, third segment was how uh, how commuters commuters are making sure that this service these services exist. At the same time, the labor market also needs a different economic planning strategy. And what I what I recommended was that the labor unions and the company um, assess the feasibility of um, having a fifteen percent increment um, that starts in twenty twenty. Uh, so it's 15% at 2020, and it's kept constant for a five-year period, um, and then it will be reviewed. So it's only 15%, and they earn the amount that they're earning from 2020 um, into the next five years, and um, it will taper in nominal terms. I mean, it will taper in real terms, but in nominal terms, it will it will it will look very constant. So it, it might you might actually find that they need an eighteen percent increase. But then what what happens is the money that they get extra above the tangible negotiable amount is actually invested, and then it comes back 
into into their pockets year year by year so it's not an immediate it's an immediate salary increase but then it has a much longer term um, savings benefit for the operators and then commuters are not exposed to the risk of such protest again hi my name is trulani and uh, you've been listening to moving values an experimental audio experience for mobility and access issues um and today or tonight or whatever time you're listening to the show uh, i was trying to sort of talk about my perspectives on the bus strike that's taking place in south africa it's been happening for a couple of days now um one day of a, of a protest is more than enough and uh my views that it's unfair for the commuters who are subsidizing these services but at the same time the operators of the laborers are also not getting a fair deal so fairness in the public transport market is quite complex i'd appreciate your inputs your views your insights and ideas around the topic and um i really appreciate your time actually for listening to the show up to this point follow me on twitter um sulani h l u l a n i um o h that's my handle and on instagram i've got something called uh, moving values which is a thought catalog and this is the audio version of the experience so this is the first batch um and uh, i really really appreciate your time so try me out let's chat send me some messages or just comment on the thematics it's real great fun uh, free knowledge you know knowledge is free uh and and you know actually i'm more interested in figuring out whether the tapering system might actually work for other types of protests throughout the country especially given that um that has increased and so on so it might be interesting to have a discussion around having um longer term more fixed salaries high increases and more fixed more fixed bases um that and we bet on the tapering in in um in the real term so value should go down in the real term but in nominal terms remaining constant um yeah more detailed and more comprehensive paper will come around the subject but i am interested in other people's insights and and inputs on this particular um aspect of the of the podcast anyway thanks a lot for your time and keep well <laughs>